Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Joey's not here today, and yes, we're doing it on a Friday. Uh, this was a crazy week for me. Uh, Joey's, I think, is on vacation. Uh, so, so we're going to do a solo podcast today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the game last night. Uh, hopefully you had, uh, you know, Fuller in your lineup. Uh, definitely had that ceiling play. But, unfortunately, there was some bad news. It seems like... Will Fuller has torn his ACL. Uh, those are the initial reports. And, you know, there will be uh, tests done today, an MRI done today, to see if that actually is the case. So, if that were to be the case, um, you know, obviously Kiki QT, you know, hopefully you still have him after picking up on picking him up on waivers a couple weeks ago. I dropped him in the league just because I, you know, I need to drop somebody. He was hurt, uh, you know, so I can pick up pick somebody up. But, uh, you know, Kiki QT obviously would benefit. He's still hurt, but um, the expectations are with this mini bye week, he should be good to go uh, for next week and continue to play in the slot. Now, as far as where Fuller lines up on the outside, uh, Vincent Smith, uh, the rookie, uh, you know, he has pretty impressive, uh, impressive measurables um, and was productive in college. So he's somebody who can step up into that role and you know potentially come up with some big plays so um i think if kiki's available on your waiver wire he's probably going to be the hot ad but vincent smith vincent smith is somebody you can probably get for you know not too many fab dollars and possibly even free i don't think he's going to be uh he's going to cost you too much uh so you know he's somebody that i would add as a um you know as a flyer just to see what he can do uh, with Deshaun Watson and that offense. And, you know, we know that Watson likes to throw the ball a ton. Um, that offense is built around the passing game. Um, so he's somebody that who can um, who can make an impact uh, if given the opportunity. Kenyon Drake had a big game. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of Kenyon Drake going into this game. You know, the touch numbers just aren't there, um, you know, for me to say, like, you know, I want him in my lineup. But, you know, the big plays are is basically what the Dolphins, you know, live and die by. Um, and he had, uh, you know, a nice 10-yard run to the outside where the linebacker didn't know what he was, outside linebacker didn't know what he was doing. Um, he, he got the edge and he scored that 10-yard touchdown. Um, and then that second touchdown uh, was a pass from Danny Amendola uh, on a trick play. Kenyon Drake was wide open on the sideline uh, and he was he was able to make that play. Um, but, you know, he I think he had 14 touches in this game last night. So, you know, his touch count, you know, goes anywhere from between 8, you know, 8 and 14, 15, and it's just really hard to gauge, you know, when he's going to actually produce these type of numbers uh, on limited on limited touches. If he doesn't get any of those touchdowns, you're not really too happy, um, and this Dolphins team doesn't run too many offensive plays either, um, so it's tough to gauge when he's going to have a big game. Now, he's always a good ceiling play. You know, if you need the upside, uh, he's always somebody that you can throw in your lineup and hope for it, but you know his floor just isn't going to be too high. Um, the silver lining too going forward is that Brock Osweiler is probably going to be their quarterback. Um, you know, no idea when Tannehill is going to come back or if he is uh, with that shoulder injury that the NFL is investigating right now as far as how the Dolphins have handled that. But uh, Brock Osweiler is looking Kenyon Drake's way in the passing game, so that's that's pretty encouraging. Not to mention the fact that you know the Dolphins are down a couple of wide receivers, so they're. There just isn't too many options, options uh, you know, to pass to. Uh, a couple more 
um, interesting notes. Uh, Marlon Mack didn't practice on Thursday. He was downgraded uh, to not practicing. He got in the limited session on Wednesday. So it's not usually a good sign, but just keep an eye out for his practice status on Friday. No word on whether they were trying to rest him or whether he re-aggravated uh, his ankle injury or his ankle injury got worse. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, Byron Leftwich, you know, really talking up how this offense is going to change. Uh, he mentioned he wanted he wants to use David Johnson the same way that Bruce Aarons has used him. He said, you know, they've sat together, you know, and they've studied together, and they've, you know, put up put play sheets together. So, you know, he wants to use David Johnson that same way. So, I honestly would expect more touches for David Johnson, and hopefully they they use him more as receiver, more you know, run him more to the outside, and just do things that Mike McCoy uh, wasn't doing with him. Um, same with Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he wants, Byron Leftwich wants to get Fitzgerald more involved. Um, so, you know, I, I can see if he's dropped uh, in your league, if he's on waivers, I would pick him up uh, in PPR leagues just to see, um, you know, if he does get more targets. Now, he did get eight targets each of the last two games, but, you know, they can uh, use Larry in a more, I guess, high percentage throw uh, type of way where, you know, they're putting Larry in space. Um, and using him in a different way rather than how they've been using him over the past, uh, you know, this season, basically. Now, he was banged up, too, so he's getting a little healthier. Um, so that combined with the, him, you know, them potentially using him uh, to his strengths, it could bode well, and you could possibly have, you know, close to what you're used to from Larry Fitzgerald going forward. One thing I missed from yesterday's game was Devontae Parker. And I, I don't know, man, like, you know, he's a good receiver, and, you know, he's only really got a shot. I mean, yes, okay, he was very, very young when before Gase got there. But when Gase got there, I mean, you know, they just never... Gase has always criticized him. Um, and he's been inactive this season. And, uh, you know, there's just, just, there's just bad blood between these two. And now, you know, you put uh, him on the field as the number one wide receiver, and he kills it. He has a great game. Um... And he looked good, too. Uh, you know, a couple of nice grabs, one-handed catches, and route running looked crisp. And, and now you wonder about Adam Gase. You know, he's losing games. Um, the offense just doesn't really look that good. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake isn't utilized the way that you want him to. Um, and then you have this situation, uh, you know, with uh, you know with Devontae Parker's agent calling Adam Gase out. It's just not a good look. And, you know... It, he just made Adam Gase like look not that smart, um, you know. With 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 Parker actually having a good game, um, so yeah, it will, it will be interesting to see what happens going forward. Whether Parker remains on this team, uh, whether you know he starts getting legit targets from Brock Osweiler. So yeah, yes, I do think he's worth picking up. You know, I wouldn't spend too much on him just because we've seen big gains from him in the past and then shut the bed. Uh, you know. You know, after that, but honestly, I think he's worth a pickup. He looked good, um, and you know, we could see a change because we just have a different quarterback. Um, you know, throwing the ball, and uh, honestly, like it surprises me too that I'm saying anything positive about Brock Osweiler. But you know, he's he definitely has his issues with accuracy. There's no doubt, and we could definitely see it um, in last night's game. Uh, but you know, <laughs> what matters is targets and. Uh, if he can put the ball on the money a few times uh, and make some plays and, you know, give his guys a chance, that's what matters. And we want to notice these tendencies uh, even when a quarterback, 
you know, isn't playing, you know, ideal. He's not like a perfect quarterback. There's no perfect quarterback, but, you know, you still, like, for example, Case Keenum, he's not a great quarterback. Um, and he hasn't been playing well this season, but he's able to make Emmanuel Sanders relevant. He's been able to make him, you know, top 10 PPR wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, we have to, we, even if we don't like the quarterback, we don't like the situation, we still need to pay attention. So, getting back into the news, uh, Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb are probably going to play this week. Uh, Allison is still available on a ton of waiver wires. If he's available, just just pick him up. You know, throw him, throw him on your bench if you don't want to start him, but I'm starting him. I'm starting him every single week. Um, with all the, all the attention on Devontae Adams, Allison has played, you know, had a good game in every single game he's played in this year. I mean, Rodgers is healthy now. He's going to be able to move around the pocket, and that just bodes well even more for Allison moving forward. All right, let's go ahead and get into the starts. Uh, we're talking about starts, desperate starts, temper expectations, and sits like we normally do at the end of the week. Um, I'm going to start with Philip Lindsay. Now, Royce Freeman, he's most likely going to miss this week. He's listed as day-to-day, but that's not a real accurate depiction of what his injury is. Um, he might miss next week he, next week as well. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, they're saying that he might play this week, but I highly doubt that. Now, if he misses, Lindsay's touch floor should be bumped to about 15 even with the possibility of 20 in this game i mean and that's mouthwatering mouth watering for Lindsay. you know when you consider how electric he's been and the fact that he's going up against the chiefs um now this defense has gotten a little better but i wouldn't expect a rushing attack uh you know that's been efficient in most games you know the broncos rushing attack has been efficient they just haven't been you know had a chance to like really run the ball because they fell down in a lot of games um i don't expect them to lose that efficiency against this defense um you know i would hope that Devonte booker doesn't come in and take too many snaps snaps away from Lindsay. um you know in a comeback effort in case they go down but i think the floor is there the upside is there for the, this week for Lindsay. um you know so he'll be in my lineups for sure adrian peterson he's been getting volume um he should get it again this week against the giants team who just traded away um snacks harrison and he was their run stuffer. So, uh, Peterson, you know, he's had 17, more than 17 carries in four of six games. Um, and the chances the Giants' offense forced, you know, the Redskins into a negative game script is low. I mean, that I doubt the Giants' offense gets, in, gets to a big lead. Um, so, Peterson had 17 carries, 24 carries over the last two weeks. Uh, four yards combined, you know, away from two straight 100-yard games. Um, so, you know, volume should be there this week. I just hope that he can score to add um, what can be a just fine uh, yardage day. Uh, Marlon Mack, he was downgraded on Thursday, like I mentioned, uh, with that ankle injury. So just keep that in mind going into the weekend. But if, you know, if he misses, Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are going to get the extra opportunity. I mean, I would assume Wilkins would be the early down guy. Naheem Hines, you know, getting in, you know, as a receiver and on passing downs. But, you know, we've seen Hines get you know, like 15 carries uh, when Mac was Mac was out. So, I mean, I don't think that's the best uh, route to go in because Wilkins have, has looked pretty good, you know, in the early downs and running the ball. So, anyway, um, let's assume Mac doesn't sit. He's going to be in my lineup. I mean, the Raiders' offense, you know, is looking quite inept right now. Uh, now that Amari Cooper is gone, Marshawn Lynch is on IR. And even though Vegas thinks it's going to be a close in a high-scoring game, I'm not sure I see it the same way. Mac had a huge game last week where Andrew Luck threw the ball less than half of what he's been averaging for this season. So I would expect Mac's touches to regress a little bit, but he's still in a good spot this week. Um, now, just be careful because if Mac doesn't get a full practice in, 
or you have to monitor him, you know, as a candidate for a pitch count, you know, I think he'll be more of a desperate start in that scenario just because we've seen him on pitch counts, uh, you know, in the past when he's he came back um, healthy. Okay, Jalen Rashard in PPR leagues, I, I would start him in a PPR league this week for a safe floor. I think the Raiders, you know, without Amari Cooper, there's going to be some vacated targets available to spread around. Uh, Rashard, he's been relatively safe this year. Um, the upside hasn't been there, but... It's possible he's leaned on even more in the passing game with the lack of weapons they have. So he has some upside as well. So the Colts um, have a good shot of going up in this game with the Raiders trying to catch up. So I think Richard is a good bet for five to seven catches in this game. Uh, the Colts have given up the second most targets and receptions in the league to running backs this year, only behind Atlanta. Uh, so I think he's a, he's a perfectly fine start for me this week. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Now, Matt Breida... It's possible he does go, but he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, if he doesn't practice today, it won't be looking good. But you never know with Matt Breida. He's a tough, tough dude, and the 49ers just refuse to sit him for whatever reason. Now, if he can't go, um, I think he can be pretty efficient with his carries. Um, you know, unlike Alfred Morris, I mean, if he gets 15-plus touches, um, you know, and some work in the passing game, I think he can exceed expectations. So if Breida plays... I think Mostert becomes more of a desperate start, but still has the benefit of that efficiency that he's shown uh, in a great matchup. So, the, you know, the Cardinals have allowed the most attempts and rushing yards to opposing running backs, which I think bodes well for some volume uh, for this backfield. Okay, carry on Johnson. You know, Theoretic probably won't suit up again this week. Um, Amir Abdullah only got seven snaps, so there's a lot of there's a lot of snaps available for carry on. Um, so I think he's going to be in line for another nice workload this week. Uh, the 21 touches he got last week is more than enough, you know, obviously to feel confident in him going into this week against the Seattle defense that we shouldn't really be afraid of. Um, all carry on needs is volume. Um, so with volume, he's going to be in my lineup. He's shown the efficiency and he looks really good. I mean, he's averaging six and a half yards per carry this year so just give him the ball if he's getting 20 touches he'll be in my lineup for shout um okay john brown moving on to wide receivers a little bit um so james bradbury um has been shattering a lot this season um and if he does i think michael crabtree really fits the archetype that he usually follows um it's either that or he'll just stay to his side but it's possible brown gets shadowed by dante jackson because of jackson's speed uh, but this would still be a plus matchup for Brown either way. Uh, the Panthers have allowed the ninth most, the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the perimeter from, from left to right, respectively. So I don't think Brown can be left on benches this week, especially after his big game last week. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, you're probably starting him. I mean, he did have an off week last week, but the Bucks they have allowed the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Um, I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I mean, Boyd has been getting it done this year for the most part. Um, Andy Dalton, the entire Bengals offense, really shit the bed last week against Kansas City. Uh, but Tampa Bay, they have no pass rush. Uh, you know, MJ Stewart in the nickel continues to give up big games to slot wide receivers. Uh, I think, and QBs have understood going into this matchup that, you know, MJ Stewart is a liability. Uh, he's targeted on 28% of routes run against him, which is a ton. Jarvis Landry was resurrected last week against him. Um, and this week, I think Tyler Boyd should be able to ball out. Um, and this game could be a shootout, so that's a recipe for success right there. Uh, I mentioned Jarvis Landry. Um, 
He was resurrected last week in that great matchup. This week, he gets another good matchup against the Steelers, who rank second only to the Bucks in allowing fantasy points to slot wide receivers. Uh, Boyd, Sanu, Landry all had good days against his defense, um, and Landry should be able to have another solid outing, uh, you know, in their second matchup together where the Browns, you know, they can be trying to catch up to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, it's you're not sending him, right? But just want to mention that the Chiefs' defense has gotten better. You know, they're still top 10 in giving up fantasy points to slot wide receivers, but it's also been a product of having to throw a ton against this team to try and catch up. Now, with Sanders, you know, he's the number one option on this offense. So this game being in Kansas City, there's a high chance, you know, the game isn't as close as it was in week five. So, you know, the Broncos might have to just pass the ball a little more. Um... Okay, moving on to the Lions, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate. Uh, the Seahawks, they've actually defended wide receivers pretty well this year when you look at the numbers, but they haven't really faced a ton of good wide receivers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they both played well against them. Brandon Cooks, uh, he had a concussion in that game. Um, but then you move on to other receivers they've played. Uh, they played Oakland, they played the Cardinals, the Cowboys, um, the Bears, and in that game, Robinson, Allen Robinson caught 10, of, 10 for 83 yards. Um, the Broncos, you know, Sanders caught 10 for 135. So, you know, with that said, the Lions wide receivers are underrated going into this matchup. I think Galladay has an advantage against Seattle's DBs. He moves around a ton. And the Lions, you know, they, they will likely have to start throwing the ball more than they have over the past two games. Um, they've averaging, they're averaging only 24 pass attempts over the last two games. So, outside of last week, Galladay has got it done for you. So, you throw him back in your lineup. As far as Golden Tate goes, when Seattle has faced good competition in the slot, they couldn't hold them. Sanders and Cup, they both get, they both have got it done. So because of that, I'll have Tate in my lineup, especially in PPR leagues, uh, even if that matchup might not look great on paper. Okay, uh, moving to the Packers, Geronimo Allison, like I mentioned earlier, he should be back, and I want wide receivers on the field with Aaron Rodgers. I want them in my lineup. Um, at least, you know, Allison, he's produced in games he's been healthy for. Um, all the attention on Devontae Adams, like I mentioned earlier. Allison is bringing in chunk gains, and that should continue. Rodgers is becoming healthier. He can move outside the pocket. Allison's worst game was a uh, six-catch, six six-target, uh, 64-yard performance. I mean, if that's your floor, I'll take that up. I'll take that every single day uh, with the type of upside he presents in this offense. So this week, he's going to see Marcus Peters, Troy Hill. They've both been, both been giving up a ton of big plays. You know, Marcus Peters isn't like the same guy that, you know, you kind of want to stay away from. But, you know, so it's not a matchup I'm really worried about. Aaron Rodgers is going to potentially try to catch up in this game. He's going to throw a ton um, against the Rams. So, you know, what I'm trying to figure out is how and why Allison is still less than 50% owned in Yahoo. So, uh, obviously, you still want to keep an eye on his practice participation. He got in a limited session on Thursday. So, you want to kind of see that bump to full uh, at some point this week. Okay, uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, of course, you're starting Hilton, but he hasn't been around, he, has a bad, he had a bad game last week, um, so, you know, just want to bid some confidence that he's still an Andrew Luck's number one wide receiver, and Luck has been hot, uh, right, I mean, Hilton went against Tredavious White last week, that's no easy task at all, um, this week he has a good matchup against the Raiders, you know, Daryl Worley's on the outside, Leon Hall's in the slot, so, Hilton definitely has a shot of coming down with some big plays in this game, so, I'm keeping Hilton in my lineups from here on out. Um, well, he does play Jacksonville a couple times, so you might have to think about that one. Uh, but for now, he'll be in my lineups. Uh, Doug Baldwin. Detroit, they've been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the past four games. So, you know, 
nickel corner Tease Tabor. You know, he had an overall good game last week, but he's still giving up some fantasy points. Um, I think it's a matchup Baldwin can definitely exploit with the Lions being a lot better defending the perimeter. So I would expect Russell Wilson to look for Baldwin uh, all game long. Okay, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's come through in sh- two straight games. Um, even if it doesn't didn't come in the receiving game last last week against Cleveland. Uh, now this week he goes up against a banged up Bengals defense who has given up a ton of big plays this season. Uh, 27 passing plays above 20 plus yards, five 40 plus yard plays uh, in the passing game. And he, you know, Jackson has lined up all over the formation. Cincinnati has given up fantasy points on the left perimeter, the right perimeter from the slot. So he's tough to bench, honestly, just because of the upside that he presents in this particular matchup. Now, keep in mind, when you have Deshaun Jackson in your lineup, you're putting him in your lineup for his ceiling and not necessarily his floor. He doesn't really have a high floor. Um, so if you're playing him, you need some upside uh, and you don't want to you know, lose out on that opportunity in a good matchup. Okay, moving on to desperate starts. Uh, Jordan Howard, you know, he's been obviously a little bit of a disappointment this year, but I think he has a. the Bears have a good shot of going up against the Jets at home. You know, we've seen the Jets surprise, no doubt, in a lot of games this season, uh, which I've been very happy about. They, they, you know, they, they show a lot of... Uh, a lot of signs of improvement and a lot of signs of promise moving forward. Okay, that's that's the Jets, that's the Jets fan in me. Uh, but you know the Bears defense, honestly, they should be able to hold things down uh, at home. Um, their offense can continue to roll like they have. Now with the game in hand, Jordan Howard should see at least 15 touches, potentially a goal line carry, maybe two. Uh, he almost had a second touchdown last week if it wasn't for a penalty. Uh, but over the last three weeks, the Jets have allowed uh, almost five yards per carry. 4.8 yards per carry to opposing running back. So um, there's a chance that Jordan Howard can have a good game this week. Uh, Chris Carson, another desperate start. Uh, you know, he's who we think is a leader of the Seattle backfield right now. Uh, but who knows, honestly, what is going to happen in this running back shuffle they have going on. The matchup is sweet. So Carson can perform even on 15 touches or so. And he would likely get goal line work if the Seahawks are presented the opportunity. Uh, but the Lions are giving up 5.6 yards per carry over the last three games. So there's a reason they traded for Damon Harrison. Um, now, Snacks, he should help, but the Giants weren't necessarily the best rush defense with him. Um, the Giants still ranked 22nd DVOA in rush defense, so I wouldn't really, I wouldn't necessarily bench Carson because of it. Um, what I'm concerned about is the other running backs getting more of a workload than expected coming out of the bye. Um, and, you know, not to mention the Giants... You know, the Lions becoming that much better uh, with Harrison, but also the Seahawks have been pretty efficient running the ball this season. Okay, uh, Randall Cobb, me- I mentioned him. He's likely back this week. Um, he's a play for me in this game in PPR. Um, I like wide receivers who are on the field and have a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. It's really that simple for me. Um, the Rams are in the middle of the pack as far as allowing fantasy points to wide receivers, but, but in what should be a shootout, uh, potentially with Aaron Rodgers coming from behind, I think there'll be plenty of targets to go around. Um, Cobb, he had 10-plus targets in two of his three games played, so I would expect him to get a similar target count uh, in this week's matchup. The only reason why he's listed as desperate is because you probably found a decent replacement for him while he was gone, right? So he's low on the desperate scale for me, but especially with Rodgers back to full health, it'll be a little bit tough, honestly, to not have him in my lineups for the upside that he presents. And, you know, he probably presents a little bit of a decent floor in PPR leagues. Uh, Traquan Smith. If you need some upside, you might want to think about uh, putting him in your lineup this week. 
Um, the Vikings are tied for the most 40-plus yard passing plays allowed, the third most 20-plus uh, passing plays allowed this season. Uh, now, if Xavier Rhodes were to play, and he might not, um, he would likely shadow Michael Thomas on the outside. Uh, but it is possible Rhodes you know, is out this week. So I think that means Traquan Smith will see even less of Trey Waynes and have an advantage with Drew Brees slinging the ball. Um, you know, the Vikings have given up big plays all year, and while a lot of them have come out of the slot, Smith has moved around enough to get about a third of his work from that position. So the Vikings have allowed 30 20-plus yard passing plays, 7 40-plus yard passing plays. I mean, it would have turned into 8. 40 plus yard passing plays if Sam Darnold didn't overthrow Robbie Anderson last week um, it would have been a would be it would have been a touchdown um, a long touchdown but Smith he outsnapped Cam Meredith 73% to 25% in week 7 which is huge so Smith is the clear number 2 wide receiver in New Orleans right now and a shootout between these two teams would definitely help uh, projected total of 53 spread of only 1 point um, so there's a good chance that, that happens uh, this week uh, Chris Godwin, he's come through. He's come through in every game this season except one, um, even in a part-time role. He's been somewhat touchdown dependent, unless you play in PPR leagues. But still, four touchdowns, six games is pretty good. That can continue against Cincinnati's struggling pass defense. Uh, the Bengals have allowed fantasy points from all over the formation, like I mentioned with DJX. But, uh, you know, I think Goodwin can find success on limited work like he has all season. Um you know, but, you know, keep in mind that he is targeted at a pretty high rate for the time he's on the field. So if this dude ever gets a full-time role, I mean, look out. I think he's going to do some big things. A super desperate running back play, um, if you're desperate, in PPR leagues would be Marcus Murphy. The Bills, <laughs> their favorite. The Patriots are favored by 14 points in Buffalo, which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, the Bills defense, you know, they've been good. But I think the Patriots should handle them. Uh, you know, but you never know with these with these games in Buffalo. Uh, you know, Patriots, Bills, you know, division game. You just you honestly never know. We've seen crazier things happen. But this is this has the makings of a terrible Monday Night Football game, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, but either way, I think Marcus Murphy, you know, should see a ton of time in the field just because the Bills are going to try and catch up. Try is the keyword. Uh, you know, Patriots probably will go up, so we might not see a ton of Chris Ivory in the second half. It might we might see Marcus Murphy, and you know, you're super desperate deep league. You're hoping that he catches like four to six balls. Um, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Now, guys, I would temper my expectations on guys you're probably starting, but you know, you just kind of want to temper those expectations just in case you need to, you know, maybe raise your ceiling elsewhere or say like, you know what, I might, I might, as, I need some upside. I need, I know, I'd rather go somewhere else. But, so TJ Yelton is the first I want to talk about. You know, tough matchup against Philly, no doubt. Um, along, you know, Carlos Hyde might make his debut, and who knows, you know, what the workload is going to be and how they're going to split that up. You know, Yeldon's workload and production is up in the air uh, because of those two reasons. Uh, but I think he's involved enough in the passing game where he's not, like, a bench. You know, he'll likely get enough touches to warrant a start in PPR, but I'm just lowering my expectations this week. Uh, Nick Chubb, Pittsburgh has been pretty stout against the run over the past three weeks. They've only allowed three and a half yards per carry. Um, and when playing in Pittsburgh, you have to account for the Steelers potentially going up and leaving Cleveland in a negative game script. So that would leave Chubb off the field if that happens. So you have to hope for a close divisional game. Uh, but Big Ben at home after a bye sounds like a game where he can kind of go off. The Steelers themselves are 22-6 and six after a bye week, regardless of whether they're at home or not. 
but you know Chubb is always good for some goal line carries. Uh, hopefully 15 15 plus carries. So he's still tough to sit as an RB two unless you have some good other options. Uh, Isaiah Crowell. Now with Ball Powell out, Isaiah Crowell will likely get a bump in carries overall. Uh, but in a negative game script, he might be taken out. So the Bears they've also been pretty stout against the run at home. Uh, but just keep in mind they haven't really faced any daunting rushing attacks. So you know that's something to keep in mind when you look at their you know numbers as far as them defending the run really well. Uh, but I do think there are they are a run a good run defense. Now Crowell, I think he can be started in the hopes for a touchdown. Um, you can see enough volume as well to warrant the start. I'm just tempering my expectations in case the Bears go up early or if the Jets can't get anything going against the Bears defense. So we've seen some big plays from Crowell this year. So if you are going for some upside, I don't think he's a bad play. Okay, Latavius Murray. He's had some big fantasy weeks. He's tough to bench, no doubt. Uh, but the Saints, they've been the best rushing defense in the league this year. They've allowed the least amount of yards, the third least amount of attempts, and also happens to allow the least amount of yards per attempt at 3.1. <laughs> so, like, you know, at that rate, if he wanted to get 100 yards, he would have to uh, run the ball 33 times, 34 times. So that's not great. But... Um, I think this offense, this Minnesota offense can move the ball. This game should be high scoring. So Murray can see some opportunistic goal in attempts, but I would try to find another option, honestly. Um, if I have one, obviously, like if you don't have an RB2 and you got to start Murray, you got to go with the opportunity, right? Um, but even better idea, if you, can, if you don't have Dalvin Cook and you can sell him to whoever ha- has Dalvin Cook this week um, and then get somebody back who you can start this week and, you know, obviously... In the future, once Dalvin Cook comes back, I would try to make that move right now. Okay. Um, Josh Gordon. He has a tough matchup this week against Tredavious White. Um, definitely gets a downgrade, and I'm even good starting other options ahead of him, honestly. Um, he still presents some up to upside, so there's that. But White has played against some pretty good receivers so far and kind of did pretty well against them. Devontae Adams, Corey Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, Gordon... Uh, he plays 90% of his snaps outside, so there's just not much of a shot for him to avoid White this week. So I'm going to temper expectations um, you know, for him this week. I mean, obviously he's on the up and up, but this is a, definitely a tough matchup. Um, and do we really expect Brady to try and test that matchup, or will he kind of give what the, take what the defense gives him? And I think it's going to be the latter. Uh, Chris Ivory, you know, I mentioned... Uh, I mentioned that the Bills might go down this game. Uh, so, you know, if Shady can't get past the concussion protocol, like I mentioned, with, with Marcus Murphy, obviously Shady needs to get through the con- concussion protocol for him to play. So if he does, obviously don't play Marcus Murphy. But same thing with Chris Ivory. Um, you know, the Patriots, they're favored by two touchdowns against the Bills. So, you know, how much work can Chris Ivory, you know, possibly see on early downs? I think Marcus Murphy White might beat Ivory in snap share this week while the Bills try and catch up so not huge on chris ivory this week but obviously if you don't have any other options you might not have a choice uh devin funchess he's honestly close to a sit for me but it really depends on your options um i think he has a shot to catch a touchdown on anyone but this is just a very tough matchup for him and the panthers offense against the ravens uh the silver lining is that this game is in carolina where cam tends to play a better game Funches has been getting it done, uh, but I'll be looking at other another option this week if I have one. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey. 
Uh, he's going to see a very tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but are you really going to bench Jeffrey? I mean, he's been killing it for you. I think we just might, we just have to take one on the chin this week if he doesn't come through. But he's going to be in my lineups. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he had a big week last week and a great matchup. But this week he goes up against the Redskins defense, who actually plays the slot pretty well. Uh, the Redskins allowed the 27th least fantasy points to wide receivers lining up out of the slot. Um, while they're terribly giving on the perimeter. Uh, Shepard will need to overcome the matchup for him to succeed, so I wouldn't be trying too hard to get Shepard in my lineup this week. Um, The guys I'm sitting, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, obviously if you don't have running back depth, then you have to do it, I get it, but the workload is up in the air. It's tough to put these guys in your lineup. Uh, The touches were about even last week for these two, but Clement was on the field, I'm sorry, Smallwood was on the field more. Um, Each of them got about 10 touches, uh, with Josh Adams also slightly involved, I'm not sure I want to start either of these two against Jacksonville, and I'll be trying to find another option. Uh, Doug Martin, uh, Indy, you know they've been relatively stout against the run, you know, and when you combine that for Doug Martin's with Doug Martin's efficiency over the last couple of years, it doesn't really add up in a positive way. The Raiders need to stay in this game for Martin to produce with volume on early downs. Uh, you know, Marshall Lynch has averaged less than four yards per carry in five out of six games played. So how do we think Martin's going to do with that volume? Um, you know, the Raiders, they lost by multiple touchdowns you know, in the last two weeks. So the game script doesn't look particularly good um, for him this week in Indy. And the last sit is Aaron Jones. You know, until he starts getting some volume, it's really simple for me. Until he starts getting some volume or Jamal Williams is out of the way, I won't be starting Jones. He's just not getting enough work. I understand he can be efficient with his, like, seven touches. <laughs> but, you know, and he can get a touchdown, but I'm not banking on it. Uh, I, I, I want to see... I want to see something before it's in the way of volume or Jamal Williams having less of a role for me to have him in my lineup. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really all I had this week, guys. Um, a shorter podcast, obviously, because we don't have the back and forth with Joey. Um, he'll be back next week. Uh, so I hope you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, I really appreciate you listening to this. Appreciate you taking out the time. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Just monitor those practice reports for all those injuries. Uh, enjoy football on Sunday. Uh, you can follow me at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, if you have any feedback, just DM me. If you have any questions about this week, uh, DM me. Comment on you know the, the pictures, the posts on Instagram. I'll try to get back to you. Uh, but yeah, have a great weekend, guys. See you later.